Daf is Brachas, Daf Mem Zion. We'll start at the last line of Mimbav Bez. The learning should be La'ele Nishmas, Gitol Karobas Petzalel here at the Hollywood Shtibol on the 19th of February, Chaf Dalid Shvat. Says the Gemara, last line of Mem Vav Bez, Tan Rabbanan. You know, there's certain times when you gotta, like, just get moving and stop worrying about procedures and covered and delaying. And one of those times uh, is if you're traveling or you're on a bridge, you don't have to wait for the greater person there, for the biggest goggle to go in front of you. You're holding up traffic, buddy, you know? Get moving. I wonder if that applies to Hakafis on Simchas Torah. Like, people sometimes slow down as they're going around because they're waiting for somebody else to go in front of them. Just keep the line moving, you know? Hashanahs, all these things. But that, those are not mentioned here in the Gemara. Not on roads, not on bridges. They used to eat... I think Subway, right, was very uh, uncommon. And they used to eat with their fingers. And therefore, at the end of the meal, people really needed to wash my machreinim. So whoever's closest to the door where it comes from, or the sink where it comes from, and they bring it to the table, just start washing and get the process moving. It could also be that the other reason why is that... Uh, there's two, two other things that I'm thinking. Why is it that you wouldn't bring the Maimachorinim to the most, uh, to the eldest, to the most, to the person who deserves the most respect at the table. So first of all, it could be because Maimachorinim, it wasn't considered like a, an honor. It wasn't considered like benching. It wasn't considered like uh, uh, the food, bringing the food to them. It was a utility. Just get your hands clean before benching. So a utility, there wasn't this requirement for uh, showing deference, showing respect. In the or in the order of washing, perhaps that's uh, perhaps that's one shot. One other shot that I thought, why be a daim We don't care the about the order, is that is that at the end of the day, you want to make the bracha, the berachas hamazon, the benching on the food that you ate, right? So the clo- the the closer it is to the food that you ate, um, the more. The, the greater the bracha is, to an extent, like, I'm appreciating the, the meal still more than in five minutes from now. So therefore, you want to get this process done as quick as possible, the maimachraidim, because it's ultimately taking you away, further and further away, from the enjoyment that you have that you're trying to make the bracha on. So not like a hefzik, because it's not quite, uh, you're, you, you, there's no rules that you can't, uh, it's part of the meal, but at the end of the day, you want the enjoyment to be as close to the bracha as possible and not to find ways to take longer to do my mechreinim. Rabin have a ba'orcha. Rabin and Abaye were walking on the path. And Rabin's donkey went in front of Abaye. And didn't, uh, Rabin didn't pull back his donkey... 
uh, to halt his donkey to get him back. Amar uh, Abaye said to himself, When these rabbis came up from Israel, they got a little, uh, a little haughty, because uh, he... Here I am, and this donkey goes in front of me, and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> so he mumbled, that. he said it to himself. doesn't say he mumbled it, but... Uh, when they got to the entrance to the base Medrash, he said, Master, please open, go in first through the door. So all of a sudden, no, until now, I wasn't the master. Like, well, I just became Chashiv the whole time we were walking when your donkey, you let go in front, uh, the donkey in front of you. I wasn't Chashiv. So he said back to him, uh, you know, it's a halacha. You don't show uh, deference, you don't show respect in the except when it comes to a, going through an entrance that has a mezuzah. <laughs> but on the regular open road or a gate or, or a bridge or some highway or something like that, I didn't have to show you any respect. That's, that's what we learned. A door without a mezuzah, there's no requirement to show respect. If that's the case, a place where you daven, a place where you pray, a place where you study, where there's no mezuzah, now that there's no requirement to have a mezuzah on those doors. You can tell me that there is also no requirement to show covet. Says the Gemara, you're right. We're not talking about the specific doorway that we're at, but any doorway which you could put a mezuzah if it fits the requirements, if the dwelling would fit the requirements. So it's showing that you're actually going through from one domain to another, then you do show covet. But just traveling on the road... Uh, and, and, and or going through a breakage in a wall, a gap in a fence. You know, if you're crossing over the border and a gap in the fence, then uh, there's no chiv to show uh, kavod. So, uh, says the Gemara, Amar Reb Yehuda Berei the Reb Shmuel Bashilas Mishmei the Rav. By the way, it seems like his answer to Abaye, like it seems like he gave a good answer to Abaye, right? That I didn't have to show you, uh, I didn't have to show you any respect, kavod till now, and now I do. The question is, why did Abaye not sense that? You know, the Gemara records that Abaye was very felt very upset. He he said these rabbis, and they came up from from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. They. Uh, 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 when they when they came back from Eretz Yisrael, they were gasle uh, daite. They were very balgaiva. Uh, they were hori. Why is it that he didn't like Abaye? From the way the Gemara presents Abaye, it seems like he wasn't down the kafsechos, and he didn't know this halacha, and he had a, he felt that he was being disrespected. Whereas in fact, he was answered very correctly that. There is no obligation on the open road to stop my horse from going in front of you. Says the Gemara, "I'm Rabbi Yehuda Berei, the Rav Shmuel Bashir, the Shmuel the Rav." 
So we're going back to these rules of etiquette during the meal. The recliners, the people who are eating there, do not eat until the one who uh, led the the bracha of Hamaitzi bites off a piece and and takes a bite. I think it has to be, you have to change lechol to, I don't know what Yogamara has, but I think the, ain't a masubin shan litaim klum. Well, we'll see. What? Lechol, right. So we'll see We'll see the discussion in one second. Uh, I see the Gemara has a machlekes between the shita mukubetes, and I don't know who the other opinion is. But, uh, okay. Yosef Rav Safra, Rav Safra said, in fact, what you mean is not that the Mesubin have permission to eat, to taste, but a litoim, to, to taste. He says, it, the bottom line is that Rebbe didn't teach us with that exact language. And there's no chiluk between litoim and uh, and and yitoim and lechol. It all means the same thing to take a bite. But what is different is you have to stick with the Messiah and you have to teach over things that were taught exactly as they were taught to you, not to change even one word. If I'm not mistaken, I remember hearing many years ago when I learned in Gates and Yeshiva. Ravram Gorvitz, the Shiva makes a clock before Shabbat Zachar, before Pasha Zachar, and he gives like a nusach, not a shmuz, just what to have in mind and not to make any disruptions. And again, before Megillah, what the right uh, thing not to disrupt, how, how to disrupt, how, how they bang, and or the Gabay does it. But the nusach, I was told, they wrote it down from Leib Lapian, and Rav Gorvitz, and it's the same exact speech that's been given in the yeshiva since the, since since for sixty years. It's the same exact uh, speech. They don't change it. They have it written down what the gabbai or yeshiva has to say, and that's how it will always be. Now, what's the difference if they say clap or clap, or if they say uh, uh, to be still or to be quiet? The answer is this is what they said. They didn't say the other word. It, and even if there's no difference, you stick with the Messiah. If you have two people who come to the table to eat, come to the plate to eat, so then you wait for the other person to wash and to join you at the at the meal. But Shlaisha ain't mamtinin. Three people, there's no requirement from the laws of etiquette to wait for the, everybody to be there. The one who breaks open the bread is the one who dips first, who gets to take from the food first. However, he has the option of extending that rights of taking food first to the person who he feels it's more is more... Uh, so he takes a piece, the one who comes there first takes a piece, who takes a piece first from the bread, 
also gets to eat first, but when it came, he can allow somebody else as well. Rabba Baba Chana, so it's really not, it's funny that it's being addressed towards the person who gets there first, but it's really telling everybody else, if let's say you came a second after the, somebody else to the table, ultimately you have to show Derech Eretz and let them take first, because they beat you to it by a second. Rabba Baba Chana, Haba Asik Lelevrei, Be'erav Shmuel Barav Katina. Rabba Barbachana was teaching his son on the day that he was getting married in the house of Reb Shmuel Barav Katina, and he was uh, he was teaching him things, basic derech uh, He's going to have his own. Uh, Rashi says, "Kadim," the first narrow line on the right side. Rabba Barbachana leishev al hashulchan v'lishanis lebnoi hilchas tzud l'fishachasun ragel of tzoya v'ayim lam dehechiasa. So that your wedding, they're going to give you the big challah to break open. You're going to have the challah sitting there. I don't know. You never know. Maybe the challah was there. Maybe not. Maybe she was on the lady's side. Uh, you're going to have the Shashiva Zolga and the Rebbes and uh, the Zaydis. Everyone's going to sit there. You have to know what the Darach is, how to conduct the Suda, how to, how, to, how to conduct the meal. You know, it's funny. Like, there's a million details at a wedding when somebody gets married. But like uh, one of the things that you got to know is just the very, very practical uh, rules which you may not have picked up on growing up in wherever you grew up. Uh, I think there are some chassan teachers who the first thing they teach a chassan is how to put on a talus and when to make the bracha and how to fold it. You would think, oh, but the guy sees people putting on a talus every day in shul, but it doesn't mean that uh, they picked up on how to put on a talus and how to put it away and when to make the bracha, etc. So these are practical details. So he taught his son the following. The person who's breaking the bread, who's making the hamaytzi, does not do it. So he doesn't uh, break apart the, it seems like even to break apart the challah until the people who are going to be fulfilling their obligation to make a bracha through his, complete their Amen. Rav Chizda said, not so fast. You're going to maybe have 30 people by the table. You don't have to wait for everybody. You have to wait till the majority of people who are hearing your bracha finish their Amen. Amalei Rami Bar Chama Mashna Ruba Dakat Lekalya Bracha Miyutanami Lekalya Bracha If you need most people there, to finish this answer, Amen, in order for them to have been considered that they completed the bracha with you, that they answered Amen to your bracha. So if a myriad of people didn't uh, answer Amen, so then you still didn't complete the, 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 the bracha. Because people who go Amen for too long in fact, I'm messing up their answer and saying it incorrectly and not being Yaitza. And for those people, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for people who don't, uh, who think they're cool, you know? <laughs> I'm not waiting for people who are answering Amen. That sounds very holy, but it really, in fact, is detrimental to the halacha and does not help you fulfill your bracha. Uh, and with that, the Gemara gets into Amens. You get excited now about the Amens. Ein <coughs> Oymen, do not answer with the following mistakes. 
Loy Amen Khatufa, Vilay Amen Ketufa, Vilay Amen Yesaima. What are those three things? So Amen Khatufa is main. When you say main, and you skip the 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 aleph, you shorten it from the front end. Vlay Amen Ketufa is where you shorten it from the end of the word Amen. 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 Where the Amen is not attached at all to the Bracha, you just, uh, you wake up, uh, you wake up after the buzzer, that's Amen Yusayma. But I don't, you can't, the, the shot doesn't count, it's not connected. But I use like Bracha and don't throw out the Bracha from your mouth. Don't say it too quickly. Rashi explains that's not necessarily a grammatical, I think the Chiddush here is, you know, how do you judge that? How do you judge whether it's too fast or too slow? What's called, I threw it out of my mouth. If I said it correctly, if I said the ah, and I said the me, and I said the un, and I said it close enough to the word, but not too close that the bracha didn't finish, and not too long after, so then I was yaitza. What's this uh, category which is not giving you a specific criteria? So Rashi explains, la yizrik bracha mepiv b'mehiras, with speed, that you make it look like it's a burden. So it seems like it's not a problem uh, with the halachic way you pronounce the Amen, but the problem of Yisraik, of this last category, is saying it in a way where it seems like you don't have any uh, enjoyment, you don't really want to say it, you really don't want to be answering the bracha. So you're answering it in a burdensome way. That itself is a problem with answering Amen. But that's, I think, the Chiddush of that case. That it's not a, it's not a, a grammatical error. It's a way you're doing it. Ben Azai Oimer, Ben Azai said, taught us, This is actually pretty scary. Somebody who answers their Amen, detached from the Bracha, their children will be, Yisayimim will be uh, orphans. Chatufa, if they say it, and they chop off, uh, 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 they chop off the part of it, Yitzchatfu Yamav, their days will be cut off. I mean, this is pretty extreme. Chatufa, Yitzchatfu Yamav, they'll be uh, shortened the other way. Chala Mayrich Ba'amein, Whoever is Mayrach, whoever extends their Amen, uh, will have a Rikas Yam, will live a long life. Uh, obviously, that can't be in a way that it's, uh, that it's halachically invalid if you say the word the wrong way, or because we just had a Gemara five lines up that said, So it has to still be within the range. Rabu Shmuel. Rabu Shmuel was sitting down to a meal. Also, Rav Simi Barchia have a komasar He ate very quickly. Rav, What's your hurry? What's your rush? Let's the rufe bahadan. If because you came to a meal where everybody's already almost finished, anana chilgalan, we already ate. So you're not catching up to us for the purpose of participating in our, in our uh, Muslim. So uh, we finished our meal and we're not, uh, you're not going to be able to be number, guy number three for our Muslim. Amalei Shmuel, really? You finished your meal? 
If I were to bring you uh, these beautiful um, truffles and goizlois, birds that you like, uh, you know, uh, maybe Cornish hen, uh, so you wouldn't eat it now if we suddenly came in? With uh, delicacies, you, you, you would say, no, no, I, I ate already. No, now I'm not eating a meal now. You would eat it now, so therefore I consider you to be, uh, uh, to, to be uh, in your middle of your meal. Rashi explains that he, he didn't pick these two items randomly. says Rashi, Shmuel happened to have enjoyed, he knew for a fact that Shmuel enjoyed these truffles. The Rav, how you have even love goizlois, and Rav liked these uh, these birds, these this chicken. And he called him Abba, uh, so he was referring to Shmuel. So he said basically, if if the, you didn't eat dessert yet, now maybe you had no intention of eating dessert, but you're not opposed, and therefore you're still considered like you're in the middle of the Suda. I guess people have that by Shal Shudus and Shul. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody do this, wash at home with das to finish in shul. I'm not saying that you should, could, would do this. You'll ask uh, your, uh, ask Rabbi Shrek if you want to know, but uh, <laughs> like the, the rabbis, people do it all the time, that they start their meal at home, they finish it in shul, uh, maybe they eat another kazayas, but the, the, by the time they come back for shashat, everybody already basically finished eating, they're just listening to the speech, singing the Zmira, and getting ready to bench. And you want to participate in the benching uh, with Elikenu. Maybe you'll be the 10th guy to wash. Maybe they only had 9 people. They had 20 people, but 10 of them didn't wash or eat enough food to be mitzvah. So now are you part of the 10? I need a pigeon. Well, so, you know, if somebody <laughs> would suddenly walk in uh, at the end, if they would remember that, oh, we have, uh, we have ice cream in the freezer, we'll serve ice cream by Shal Shudas, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you would need a board decision on that or you would be able to do that spontaneously. But uh, in a shul where you could do that spontaneously, then you could still, according to this Gemara, you should still be able to participate in the Mazumin and qu- help them qualify. Tamide de Rav, Havias The Tamidim, the students of Rav, were sitting and eating a suda. Al Rav Acha Amri, Asa uh, you're a gavar rabba. You bench for us. You lead the the, the you, you lead the brachos. Amar lehu misavrisai the gadol mevarich who said the one who is greater should bench ikar shabasudim mevarich those who have been here for the main part of the meal they're the ones who uh who, who should lead the benching. So it's it's very interesting because that actually makes a lot in svara that makes a lot of sense that. You have on the one hand, you want to show covered to the Gavarava, to the to the, the to the great person who came. At the same time, the I think we can never forget that the Berchas Hamazin, the Bracha, is an expression of gratitude on the enjoyment that you just got. And the people who had the Iker Suda over there, the people who ate the main meal over there together, enjoyed it more than somebody who came at the end of the meal. So that was his response. That was his rebuttal. That the Iker Shabbosuda Mavarich. The people who were there for the main meal, they're the ones who are getting, I think that's the svara, that uh, they were there from the beginning, they enjoyed this meal the most, you want their bracha to be at the forefront of the brachas.
the Hilchs of Godom of Arach, I forgot the Asl of and says the Gemara, that even though maybe in Svara that's good, but at the end of the day, we also have an Indian of Kavod that it's important to show proper respect. Says the Gemara, Achodamai. So we're going back to foods which you can make a bracha on as a Muslim. And of course, we know a concept, we don't want you. We don't want to take mitzvah, averus, and use them to enable mitzvahs, right? It doesn't work like that. We don't let you, uh, on tray food, there's no mezumen on different things. So in our Mishnah on Memheyam and Aleph, on 45a, we said different foods and that do qualify and different foods don't. And the ratio of the Mishnah, we said, and a kuti, there were a whole bunch of foods that you actually could qualify, even though there's a questionable halachic status to that food. Says the Gemara, back by Memzai and Aleph, where we're up to, 47a, towards the bottom, Ochol Demai. Frek the Gemara, Halei How could you tell me that the, if you have three people sitting and eating, two people ate food which all tithes and trumas, everything was properly uh, given over to the Kohen, to the Levi, to the Ani, and there was no problems, uh, uh, there was no pro- uh, and there was no problems. So you'll say that uh, the third person who comes and he wants to eat his demai, demai is food which midaraisa, we're not worried. Biblically speaking, we have enough to rely on to assume that even this food had been tithed properly. The maisa was, uh, truma maisa was taken from it. <laughs> However, the Chacham said, being that there's a miut of a chance, there's a sm- slight possibility that if you bought it from somebody who's not considered to be versed in Amaretz, somebody who's not considered to be versed or not considered to practice the laws like the Rabbanan instituted them, like the Rabban instituted them, therefore you have to again uh, take off for the Kohen and the Levi. Kivan, however, even that rule has exceptions. Says the Gemara, uh, you know why you could count the guy who ate the Mai? Since he also is considered to have access to this food, Beheter. How would he access this food, Beheter, without tithing again? Kivan, once he ate it, he can't separate any trumas or maishas. If you've ever been to a real brisker household, I don't know who else does this, but you see that uh, they eat before in Eretz Yisrael, before they have a cup or a plate next to them, and before they eat any vegetables or things which they chayim and meiser at the table, they'll take off a piece and put it in that cup to iber meiser the food, to take again in case it wasn't properly separated beforehand. Um, and they dispose of that the proper way. So uh, that's, that all helps before you ate the food. But the guy who ate the mai didn't do that. He ate the food already. He can't separate anything now. How are you able to count them as part of your zimun? Says the Gemara. He can declare all his possessions ownerless and he will now be a true pauper. And a true ani is actually, in fact, allowed to eat from this demai. You're allowed to feed somebody who has nothing else to eat. He's allowed to eat uh, from demai, even though there's a suffix midrabbanon on whether it's mutter or not. The esachs, but they were lenient in extenuating circumstances. The esachs sanya demai. 
Chsanya is what in America we uh, uh, part of the rights under the Constitution is the ban on quartering of the troops. But the Gemara is referring Achsanya is if they were the army would come by and force people to take soldiers and feed them and house them, you're allowed to give them demai. So, so if that's the case, a third person who comes, it's what do we do? We're not saying that he has to be mafkir his things in order to bench with you. But what we're saying is that the Chacham never meant to make the Mai into this full status of, into this full status of uh, food that was not properly uh, maizid. It's just a Chumrah, and that Chumrah will not exclude that person who ate it, who didn't abide by the Chumrah Durabonon, of participating in your Mezumen. Says the Gemara, about 10 lines from the bottom, Mem Zayin Amad Aleph, that in fact, <coughs> if you were to go like the stringent opinion of Beishamai, he did not go with this leniency and would not allow you to feed uh, Jewish Aniyim and, uh, and soldiers. Uh, he would not allow you to feed, feed them this uh, food, this Demai. But it doesn't mean that we, we probably don't pass them like Bishamai. So that's a, a little bit, it's, it's funny to me a little bit that we, you know, that we brought this in over here. That the Gemara concludes with Bishamai when the story beforehand, the, the Mishnah seems to go, is Bishelel, right? Our Mishnah has to be Bishelel. Because our Mishnah holds the Mai is that you can, you can partake, somebody who ate the Mai, you can partake in the Muslim. And that food is not considered a problem. So I'm not sure why the Gemara then goes and just teaches us that there is an opinion of Bishamai out there. Kasha. Okay. Says the Gemara, in the Mishnah, we were taught another halacha. Meiser Rishain Shenatla Trumasai. So which, was that in the Resha or the Sefer? Meiser Rishain Shenatla Trumasa was one of the things that we said, Ein Mizamnin Alav. Uh, sorry, where you took the truma from it. So what, what happens typically is that the Yisrael has to be mafresh truma gedayla to the Kayan. The Levi has to give from uh, his portion as well. Both the Levi also will get from the Yisrael, but the Levi has to give to the Kayan a portion also. Now, sometimes the Levi will come to the Yisrael's house and take before the Kohen took. And that is the case of our Reisha, where the Levi skipped his uh, pecking order. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, he, he should have waited for the Yisrael to give to the Kohen first, and then he gives his portion to the Kohen. But he didn't. It still qualifies. His, uh, he, that food that, was, that you tithed incorrectly still qualifies for uh, for a mazumin says the Gemara Pshita. Why is that Pshita? I'm not hundred percent sure. But at the end of the day, you only midaraisa. It's considered like you took all the proper uh, proper uh, tithes. It's only midrabanan that you didn't. Like truma gedayla. 
says Gemara, more correctly, the Mishnah is discussing a case where the wheat was still in stalks. The Levi, uh, the Levi got Trumas Meiser, but the Yisrael never gave Truma Gedayla. He never gave the first tie that he should have given right away to the Kayan. So how is it Mutter? If you never gave, the Yisrael never gave what his obligation, how is it Mutter? Uh, so the, the Pasuk, in fact, tells you a special leniency that uh, that's the end of the Pasuk. So the Gemara says that because you took it before it was processed, since it was only, it was still in stalks, Therefore, we have a special exemption from Midaraisa from the Truma Gedaila, and therefore, Midaraisa, this food you can eat as part of the Muslim. <coughs> Says the Gemara, so the, in fact, the Levi did not have to be, uh, uh, subtract Truma Gedaila, Midaraisa. So it says the Gemara, two lines in the end. You don't have to separate. So he said, he said, if that's the case, then even later on, you should be exempt. So he says, no, because the Pasuk says, you have to give. The psukim that conflict each other, whether the levy has to separate or not, depends what stage your wheat is on. Once it's already made into dagon, once it's already made into uh, flour, then you have to uh, give to the kain, and you would not be able to eat from that food. But before that, before that stage, the levy took, and, didn't, and the Yisrael didn't give to the Kayan, that food was considered in stalks and his potter from giving Meiser to the Kohen. Meiser Sheni, the Hector Shenifter, top of Memzayinam and Bey, second line down. We refer back to our Mishnah again. We quote another case in the Mishnah. Meiser Sheni, what happens with Meiser Sheni? Meiser Sheni is food that you have to redeem and bring up the money to Yerushalayim if you don't live in Yerushalayim. And Yushalayim, you can go and eat and enjoy the food uh, that you can buy over there. I always wonder in my mind, and I don't, I, I, I wonder if there is more of a discussion. You're allowed to spend the money on any food in Yushalayim. What about like on restaurants? Could you take that money and go eat on rest, in restaurants? Or it has to be that the money is actually going to redeem for the cost of the food itself. Or will you have restaurants in Yushalayim where in the times of Mashiach, where they're going to give you a bill like a shul dinner, that this amount is the cost of the actual food, and the rest is uh, non maishasheni deductible, you know, but... Uh, what? Yeah, 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 okay, fine. Oh, don't worry, that bill is going to be for you. They have a whole, they got a rav to give from them, they're going to be giving on their own to compensate, don't worry. Yeah. The truth is when you buy an apple from the shop, 
That is the cost of the apple. No, that is the cost of the apple. I, the guy, you're paying paying to schlep it. And to make you choose an apple over, you know, over a devil dog. So that's what it's cost. I'm saying everything else is... Right, the restaurant, the takeout food, there's always a... Okay, so I'm saying that is the market price for this food. Okay. That, that, I, I would agree with that. I, I just wonder if that's a discussion mm-hmm. with Maisa Shaney. But there are plenty of other discussions in the Gemara about Maisa Shaney, which will get much more in depth. And we will see in the Gemara. Pshita. Says the Gemara, uh, uh, why shouldn't it count towards a Mazumin, right? These are all from the Reisha. Why shouldn't it count for a Mazumin, this food? So you never redeemed it for the extra amount that you're mechayev to give when you redeem hektish, so that it shouldn't be, or Maisha Shane, it shouldn't seem like a zilzal, like, like, like it goes out for free. That even though you didn't pay the extra fifth on top of what you are obligated to add on when you redeem these foods, so that it doesn't seem like it's for the cost price, still... The food is considered mutter to eat. So we said that if, let's say, you have two people and you want the shamas to be the third for my for mazomin, he counts. Pshita, of course, he counts. He ate. You might say, yeah, his eating is not considered like even though he ate a piece of bread with you at the table, but since he comes and goes, therefore you cannot count him. You could. So the Gemara said the kuti, in fact, counts for the mezuman. Now, a kuti means what? Somebody who's not a, a kuthian. Somebody who is is about kutim geirayim as geirayim. It's different discussions in the Gemara about kutim, but kuti generally refers to somebody who didn't accept Torah Shabbat but accepted Torah Shabbat The kuti is a written Torah. They keep the rest, the stringencies. The flavors they don't take. The no sides, please. Am I loy? Am I Shouldn't he be considered just like an amaret? Somebody who's ignorant. Betanya ain't mizamin and alamaret. So why did our Mishnah say that he could count for your benching? He should be like an amaret who's not included in mizumin. We're talking about a kuti who was very observant in what he kept, but the rest of it he didn't keep. Even a kuti who in fact didn't know anything. We're talking about a specific person. The t- a specific category of people. The Whoever doesn't keep uh, scrupulous, is not scrupulous about Tahirus, about eating with Chulin, but Tahirus, like the Chacham instituted. Whoever doesn't properly tie their fruit, even in accordance with all the stringencies of the Rabbanan. That even though we know that they keep Meiser, uh, that's Midar Raisa, extremely well, the Amar Mar, like we know, and this I think everybody, this is like, seems to be a very famous line in the Gemara. That what Kutim kept, 
they kept better than a regular Yisrael, than regular uh, people or Yidin. So we see clearly that there's things that a Kuti, just because he's a Kuti, doesn't mean that he doesn't keep anything he keeps, but he picks and chooses what he keeps. And therefore, you're allowed to include him in the Muslim. Tan Rabban, Ezra Ama Aretz, What is the definition of Ama Aretz? Right? Whoever doesn't read the Shema uh, twice a day, that Divereblezer. Rabbi Yeshua, Aimer, Koshen, Mnech, Tfilin. Whoever doesn't put on Tfilin, Benazi, Aimer, Koshen, Loy, Tzitzis, Babigdoy. Whoever doesn't have Tzitzis attached to his four Korman garment. Rabbi Nasan, Aimer, Koshen, Mezuzah, Psacha. Whoever doesn't put up a Mezuzah. Now, does that mean doesn't put up a Mezuzah or doesn't put up a Mezuzah that counts? Because you'll see some very funny structures of homes where the mezuzah can't go in the traditional place, and people will put it in a place in an odd uh, place where it may not count halachically, but at the same time they, they put up a mezuzah. Or will you argue that's not called? That doesn't even fit the description of kol she'en mezuzah al pesachay. Reb Nassim by Yosef Oimer kol she'shebanim he says, even if you do everything right, you keep all the halachas correctly. If you don't send your children to go study uh, by, a, uh, by, by uh, to go study Torah, even if you taught them well, but you didn't take them to go be mishamesh to go serve. You didn't serve a talmud chacham. You'll find. We have Baruch Hashem, we have people in our community to learn from, people like Rafi Stoll, who whenever he hears a Godel's in town, he tries to say, I'll drive him to the airport, where does he need to go? I want to be Meshamash Atam Chacham. That's Mamash Akim and this Gemara. If we could learn all day, if we don't find a way to be Meshamash Tamid Chachamim, to take care of, to involve ourselves with Tamid Chacham, with scholars, then we will be, according to Acherim, According to this opinion, we will be considered an Amaharetz. So somebody could live in Miami their whole life, and they could go to every Dafyai Mishir, they could go to every rabbi's speech, and they could go to Davin, they could have a mezuzah in the right place, they could fight the condo board for 30 years where they could put their mezuzah. But if they didn't take an opportunity to be Mishamash, one of the many, many chashuvim that come down to Florida in the winter, which we're, we're lucky that we have that, then according to this opinion, we, they will remain in Amaharetz. In fact, Rav Huna says that is the halacha that you have to be mishama shatam tchacham in order to be considered not an amaretz. Rami v'chama le'azno le'derabbanashi b'tachlifa the tani safra v'safri v'hilchasa Rami v'chama did not invite, never invited Rav Menashe b'tachlifa. He never paid attention to him. I guess it means he never invited him. Uh, for a Muslim, he didn't count him as part of a Muslim. He didn't consider him to be learned enough. He considered him to be an Amaretz, worse than the Kuti and the Mishnah, it seems like, right? When Rami Bachama died, Amar Rava, Rami Bachama did not die, except for the reason that he never invited Rav Menashe Batachlifa to participate in the Mazumin. So that's a very... You have to... People judge. 
Tanya says the Gemara, wasn't he right? So wasn't 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 Rami Bachama doing the halachically correct thing by not including an Amaharetz? Shani Reb Nashi Betachlifa the Mashmul Rabbanu. Of course, Reb Nashi Betachlifa in fact was Mishamish Talmidei Chachamim. But Rami Bachama who the Loidaka Basrei. Rami Bachama never investigated it properly, so he didn't wasn't aware that uh, that Reb Nashi in fact was Mishamish Talmidei Chachamim. So before somebody writes somebody off based on the actions that they observe. They have to actually analyze and make sure that they're not doing the wrong thing. He himself was considered like a Tzorvah uh, like a Chashev enough person. So now we're really getting to... Uh, we're getting to, to more cases from our Mishnah, and we said like this. We said if you ate tevel, tevel means food that was never tithed whatsoever. All the, basically the reverse of the resha, you cannot make a muzuman on those foods or those people. Says the Gemara, of course you can't make a bracha on it. Why is that pshita? Says Rashi, uh, uh, says Rashi, actually it's not Rashi over here, I think Rashi earlier in the Mishnah, right? You can't make a bracha on something which is being eaten be'iser. Uh, you can't make a bracha on something which is being written, uh, eaten be'iser, we'll see. Says the Gemara, Laitzricha v'tevel tavol midrabanan. Tevel Midrabanan. What is considered rabbinical Tevel? That Midraisa was exempt from Miser, but the rabbis instituted a Chumrah that you have to do it. A pot without holes in it. That the basically a potted plant, a potted food source, where the Chacham said, even though it's in its own pot, it's in its own entity, but you still have to uh, make a. You still have to. Tr- Take trumas or meisers. Meiser rishon pshita. Of course not, because uh, you didn't take. Uh, it, it's forbidden food. Why should you count it as part of somebody who ate it as part of your meal? Like where you uh, ate it before it was really obligated. That in fact uh, the halacha is that not uh, is lakula. That if you didn't, uh, if you ate from it before it was made into, uh, before it was processed, you do not have to, Midaraisa, it's exempt from Truma Meiser, and somebody who ate it, even though they were Iran Isidur but they still are counted in your Mazumin. Meiser Shani. So now you never brought the Meiser Shani to Yushalayim, you never redeemed it. Pshita, like Tzricha, Sheniftu, Vlai, Niftu, Kehochasan. You redeemed it, but not uh, appropriately. Meiser Shani, Kegoin. What's called not redeeming it appropriately? If you did it on an asimon, I don't think it means the telephone coin from Eretz Yisrael from years ago, but that's where the name comes from. A coin which is not really used for, for uh, commerce, it's not considered chashav enough, and therefore you're not, allowed to, uh, you're not allowed to use it 
to redeem Maisa uh, Sheni. Rashi explains that the 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 pagam the problem is kesef shleim nikba by tzura v'karinle pilzen belaz. It doesn't have any tzura, uh, any shape on it, any recognition. Brachman Amar v'tzarta kesef biyotcha kesef yoshe alav tzura. It needs to be considered money which has a shape to it, a value, a, value, a stamp. What's the problem with the hektish over here? That you redeemed it. You didn't redeem it from money, rather, you redeemed it from the base of Mikdash. You redeemed food that you bought from the base of Mikdash with uh, property and not money. It become it go it transfers from Besamikdash entity till to your ent- property with money and not with land. Pshita, if he ate less than a kazayas, why would I count the waiter? I did the ton of rage because I had time to save for Pachas Mikazayas. In fact, you're right. There is no Chiddush there. But once we mention the status of the Shamas, the, the, who ate a Kazayas in the beginning of the Mishnah, we want to just show you the opposite as well. A non-Jew, you can't make a Zimun on Pshita. Of course not. Now, I don't know why it's so Pshita, because a guy could also bench Hashem. He could also give a bracha to Hashem. He's required to show gratitude. However, it's still pretty obvious that he's not going to count in your mazumin. The mission is not teaching you that a, a total non-Jew is not going to uh, uh, is going to make a mazumin, but rather somebody you may consider to be Jewish already because he already was circumcised, but he didn't go in the mikvah. And even here, that person will not count. Till he does Mila and Tvila, he is not considered to be Jewish. The Mishnah says women, servants, Ketanim, minors, there's no Muslim. This is right before we start with the Dalat Parshish, where there's actually a Chi of the Raisa on some of the Dalat, possibly a Chi of the Raisa on more than one of the Dalat Parshish, and people are makbid, some shuls, not to let the Bar Mitzvah boy lane those Parshish. So uh, we're getting a head start before they set all the laning schedules in stone about what's go- what, what uh, we count. Amrab Yaisi. Katan Hamuto Barisa, Mazamna Love. Rabbi Yaisi said that a katan who's in a cradle, a, very, a baby, can really uh, count for your Mazamid. Says Gemara, oh really? Didn't we just say that you can't make a Mazamid on the katan, even if he's 11 years old, it seems like, right? Now Mishnah, or 12. This is the Gemara. Rabbi Yaisi meant uh, uh, to say, like Rabbi Shubham Levi, that uh, Katan can actually count more towards a minion. Uh, Rabbi Yaisi never meant to say Mazumin for three, but he meant for ten, because Rabbi Shubham Levi says that for ten, you can count a child for the tenth 
that is a great halachic discussion. If you don't have a minion without a child, when can you count them? But I'm Rabbi Shubin Levi. Tisha ve'evid mitzdarf. If you have nine people and a servant, you can count the servant. Meisvei. This is Gemara. Really? Meisvei. Rabbi Lazar next to the base of Knesset. Vlay matzasar. Rabbi Lazar came to shul. There were no ten people there. V'shicher avdoi v'shlim lasar. Shicher in loy shicher loy. He had to free his servant, but without that, he would not have had a minion. So we see, Avadim cannot count for a minion. Says the Gemara. Trey itzrichu. He actually needed. Two people, so they had eight plus his two servants. Shichrochad, he freed one, so they should have nine. But nafik bechad, and the tenth were they were yaitzer. But to have two servants, that won't work. Vehechi avid hachi, how did he just free a servant? Whoever frees their servant. It violates You're not allowed to just free your non-Jewish servant. Rather, they should work for you forever. Says the Gemara, Ledvar Mitzvah Shani. Mitzvah is different. In fact, the Gemara really, so we just, if the Mitzvah is more important than the violation of the Pasuk, we just do the Mitzvah anyway. Mitzvah Habab Averahi. It's a Mitzvah Habab Avera. We don't want such a Mitzvah. We want to... It says the Gemara, mitzvah the rabbim shani. Actually, a mitzvah of the rabbim being that it's not just for one individual, therefore you're in fact allowed to do it. I'm Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. It seems like that's a huge discussion. I'm not sure in the Bach. A person should get there like us. We're all here from the first 10 people. Because even if 100 people come subsequent to that, the first 10 get all the reward from all of them. Barry, not so fast. I'm going to take away the reward of all the people. They also came to Shul. The equivalent to all the others. It's also good. You don't even need 10 people. Nine and the Aaron would count. Was the ark a person? If they somehow situated like ten people, then nine people is enough. It depends. Some say that if you spread out more, if you gather more, what makes it look like you have a bigger crowd? I think our president is a whole team of people who figure out how to make crowds look bigger, smaller, how to count crowds. Amar Rav Ami Shnayim Shabbos Mitzdarfen. Well, now we're getting very Hasidish over here. <laughs> Two people in the Shabbos could be count for a Muslim. Amar Rav Nachman the Shabbos Gavru is the Shabbos a person. Amar Rav Ami Shnei Tamidich Chacham Hamachad and Zeh Zeh BaHalacha Mitzdarfen. Two people who sharpen each other's through their discussion could uh, count as a Muslim. Just two people. Machvi Rav Chizda kigoyin another of Sheishis. Rav Chizda inserted. He said me and Rav Sheishis. Machvi Rav Sheishis kigoyin another of Chizda. Rav Sheishis reciprocated and say like me and Rav Chizda. Amr Rav Yechran. Cotton pireach mizamlin alav. A cotton who's already starting to show signs of puberty, you can count them for a mezumin. Tanya Namiachi cotton shehevi shtei Cyrus mizamlin alav. That it has to be, we learned in the Brisa, a katan, so a 13-year-old boy, or a 12-year-old boy, he's turning 13, he also needs to have two hairs that prove that he's already reaching physical maturity. But if he doesn't have two Cyrus, he really doesn't count Midaraisa as a, as a godal. 
and you cannot uh, count them for mezuman. And you don't, you're not too careful. You don't check. Well, make up your mind. Does he need to have those two hairs to show that he's showing signs of puberty or not? Says the Gemara, my love, last year, cut and It means to say that you don't verify whether he is physically maturing or not, but rather at uh, 13 years old, on one day, you, uh, you assume that he has already started to show signs of physical puberty. Yeah. Uh.